Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to let you guys know real quick that unfortunately we ran into a couple of audio problems in post and to where my audio sounds like it's a little bit muffled, but you can still hear what I'm saying. And I do think this is a great episode for everybody to learn from. And there's some amazing information that Darius offers, including what he considers to be the business Bible for music. So stay tuned, listen through, and you'll be able to hear what it is. Once again, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the AA Hip Hop Podcast. My name is Antonio. You can find me at my name is Huda on all platforms with an app. We also have the wonderful Jay Fortuna. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Jay Fortuna, you already know, um, on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, um, Jay Fortuna 305, that's, that's me, you feel me, you're gonna find music there, everything, whatever I'm tweeting, feeling at the moment. And we also have the wonderful King Darius the Great with us today on the podcast, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, sir, and let them know where they can find you on social media? Most definitely, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. This is your boy, King Darius the Great. Um, you can find me on Instagram at King underscore Darius First. That's K-I-N-G underscore D-A-R-I-U-S-1-S-T. You can also find me on Twitter at First King underscore Darius. Um, as well as my Facebook fan page, King Darius the Great One. I'm also on TikTok, King Darius underscore The Great. So, you know, I'm trying to cover all angles right now because I'm promoting my single pandemic plays currently out. And I'm just glad to have um, an opportunity to come and chop it up with y'all. Yes, sir. We're very grateful to have you on, too. And let's see. So before we get into our topics and actually discussing everything that you've seen, uh, Darius, and everything that you're going through right now, I wanted to make a couple of announcements about things that are coming from AA and have already come out from AA. So we have Melodic Tribe recently released two new songs. Y'all go ahead and check that out. King Cash released a whole new album. I have released Sandwich Shop, which the beat that you heard in the intro is from Sandwich Shop, my first album. You guys have been amazing in supporting it, and I am so grateful. Go ahead and check it out on my Twitter at my name is Huda. Like I said, Huda with the WH, and um, the link to the Bandcamp is there. And also, I am very excited to announce that the first single from Jerry Fortuna is coming out on Sunday which is actually the day after you hear it, which is actually the day before we release the pod. So it's already out now when you guys are hearing this. <laughs> In the future. True shit. <laughs> right, yeah, we're speaking to the future right now. So you want to expand on that real quick, Jay? Tell them where they can find it and what it is. You know what? This whole project is really just for the love, so you'll be able to find it on SoundCloud. Um, I'll, make, I'll be making a transition from, from, you know, that platform pretty soon, but... um. Yeah, that's where you'll find it. Um, it's called Mowgli. Um, it's kind of weird to explain it because when I think about it, you guys will have already heard it. So it is what it is. Right. Um, <laughs> let me see. What was I going to say? Melodic Tribes um, EP. Just wanted to get a name. That's Another Nightmare. Go listen to Roman and um, and Angie. They killed that. And also Cash's tape. Cash or two blunt blunts. Cash right. is definitely one of my favorite artists right now. Go listen to Cash as well. 
Yep, and that's Melodic Tribe with a K instead of a C, King Cash with a Z instead of an S, and Sandwich Shop normally spelled. We like to switch our names up around here. Fancy spelling. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and get back to King Darius the Great that we have here. So Darius, as I understand it, you've been in the industry for quite some time now. Do you want to kind of introduce what you're doing now and what's, and explain your background, give a brief history? Most definitely. So um, <clears throat> right now, as I said earlier, I'm currently promoting my newly released single. It just came out October 23rd. It's called Pandemic Plays. Um, has a UK drill type of style on the production. And on, on that particular record, I it's like a time capsule of a song. I just kind of embodied the moment of, of right now with, you know, from the riots and the chaos to the, to the, um, pandemic itself, um, the politics, you know, um, the can the cancel culture when it comes to like things like the Me Too and other things of that nature. And I just, you know, talked about it from uh, my perspective on how I see it right now. And and I feel like it came out very, very great. As far as my history, I started out with a uh, group called Seaside and we had a song called MySpace Freak featuring Jazzy Faye, which was actually the first digitally um, promoted record when it comes to promoting records um, through the digital format. Obviously, there was no streaming way of counting the streams and what have you at that time. So we were, we were definitely ahead of the, of the game in that fashion. Um, it, it, it just it literally took off overnight organically. There was not a lot of these other things that's in place right now to help a record move. So it was just it was something brand new and it caught fire. It caught fire and actually got us our, our record deal um with Universal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Universal that's a right, right. Shortly thereafter, um also I like I wrote that record as well. And then shortly thereafter we came with another record that I wrote as well because I'm a writer. I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, it was called Boyfriend, Girlfriend featuring Keisha Cole. And that record actually charted top 100, top 40 on Billboard, <clears throat> on the Billboard 100 chart. And um, shot a great video in Venice Beach, California, shot by Benny Boom and what have you. Uh, like groups all ultimately do, it ended up ending for a uh, multiple differences <laughs> between one another. You know how that goes. Uh, we can get that. We can get into that as well. But um, ultimately, I start. I transitioned from artist to to writer, and I had an opportunity and a blessing of an opportunity to write for artists that I came up on, such as you know, um, G Unit recording artist Young Buck. Um, I had an opportunity to write for uh, work with Mike Jones. Um, Shorty Low, rest in peace. Um, I wrote for T Pain, um, and one of my one of my biggest biggest accolades because I just you know I I respect this man's craft and everything that he does. I got an opportunity to write for Lil Wayne, you know. Okay. So when you say um, that, that's a lot, that's a very extensive resume, and I want to get into all that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying that, um, you know, 
there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of stuff i want to get into from that but i want to ask first are you still with universal or have you departed and become independent or signed somewhere else right so the group itself was signed to universal um me i'm no longer signed up under their umbrella at all so i'm Mm -hmm. totally totally independent right now and i do have my own personal label that i'm working on getting off the ground called rushmore music that's um that's ran by myself and my business partner d ghost he's out in portland oregon originally from chicago so we're we're doing some we're doing some work with that we just want to build the foundation first and work on putting out my project and shortly thereafter we'll begin to start looking for other artists as well Wow, that's awesome. So anybody anybody out there, what do you say someone wanted to approach you with a business uh, deal for us trying to get signed to Rushmore once it gets off the ground? How would they contact you? Most definitely. So you can you can either get at my, my PR, uh, Miguel Cruz, or again, you can always hit me personally direct on my on any of my social media platforms. I do respond. You know, I do go through my um DMs and what have you because you know, it, it might be a chicken there that I might want to holler at. So I definitely look at my DNA. <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah, just just hit me on the, any of the platforms, you know. And if, I'm always about business. If if it if it makes sense, I'm all the way with it. Yeah. So I'm really interested in the writing aspect of your career right now because I I had not known that before the podcast. So are you still currently a writer at this moment for other people? So. So right at this moment, I'm kind of zeroed in and tunnel vision on my particular project right now. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that if anybody comes along and, you know, presents the right situation, the right kind of money or what have you, or even the right project, because it's not even always about upfront money. You know, it, it could be a situation where, you know, an individual needs a uh, theme song for a show that's going to be, you know, airing in the next couple months, but it's going to be airing once every week, you know, something like that. I would definitely, you know, waive any type of upfront fees to, to go ahead and put that so work in. Situation, right? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Cause it creates residual, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I do, I do, you know, if the situation is right, I will definitely tend to it. But right now I am kind of focused in on, on what I have going on on my solo project. But yeah, I definitely do still write for other artists, even um from independent all the way to up to individuals that's out there doing their thing, you know. Yeah. I know you don't want to, if you are writing for big names right now or recently, I'm sure you don't want to let the names out. I know people are very sensitive about that. Um, <laughs> if it's not if it's not someone who you already know gets written for like T-Pain and stuff like that. Um, so... I would assume that writing for these big names has gotten you a lot of connections. Am I right in that? Or is it kind of just a professional relationship, one-off, and, like, we, we don't talk anymore kind of thing? If you well, don't mind my asking. Uh, personally, to me, it just, it just really it depends on the situation and, mm-hmm. and who that individual is, you know, because, I mean, in this industry, you come across a lot of different personalities, a lot of different characters. You know, some people are very down-to-earth, and... um. You know, some people are. Can I say? Can I say, dickhead? Oh yeah, you, got, you can cuss. You're fine. Say whatever you gotta say, <laughs> So it's like, uh, you know, it just really depends on that individual or whatever. Um, but for the most part, you know, 
I would say it kind of goes both ways. When um to 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 go back to your question, it kind of goes both ways. It depends on the situation, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And when it comes to, I'm very intrigued that you said Lil Wayne now, because we've always taken, you know, everybody knows Wayne for having not writing at all, basically, um, and you know, keeping his lyrics to himself and stuff like that. Would it just be hooks, or have you written full on verses? Um, actually, so. And if you, want, if, you, if you want to keep that to yourself, we can edit this whole question out the podcast, just so you know, just let us know. No, 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 no. So, so, I mean, I will say for sure, I definitely did write the hook that I'm referring to. Um, um, as far as the verse on that particular song, you know, you know, I mean, we work, we, we put in some work, you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. think the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate, you know, product came out the way that, you know, it should. And it was, a it was a great, it was a great experience. That record actually ended up going on Flowrider's album. So oh, it was, wow. um, yeah, so it was, so on Flo it was on Flowrider's debut album. And the name mm. of that record was called American Superstar. And it was the first track on the particular project. Well, so I, I love you, King Darius, and I might get you in a bit of trouble, trouble but that sounded like a long-winded ass BS. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to take anything away from Wayne. Wayne is who he is. He's long as hell. No, no, so. again, and, and, and just to touch on that real quick, um, mm. what I do when I write for these other individuals, you know, yeah. I'm not just coming in there like, hey, take my direction and this is what it is. You know, I... Now, when it comes to certain independent people, that may be the case, but yeah. when it comes to major artists that's very established, such as an individual like Lil Wayne, mm. what I do is I try to embody what they already do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I try to emulate what they already do. And I and I present it in a in in a fashion of as if he did this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how you really get the sell because it's like, oh my God, man, you 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 sound like you took this straight out my brain. Exactly, you, know? yeah. you know what I'm saying? So that that again, that goes to the credit of him or whoever else was working with him prior to when I did. You know, all yeah. I did was just what what I heard and you know, uh halfway grew up on, you know what I'm saying, and other things that I listened to leading up to that point, and I just tried to take that clone it and present it to him and it worked it worked out it worked out great that's awesome yeah it's super dope to have that kind of insight into um the, the behind the scenes working because it sounds like it was more like a, a workshopping session rather than hey i'm just gonna write this send it to you and then you mimic it so it's really it's really dope to hear um how those things work you have such an extensive resume. I don't even know where to start from here. Where to go from here? Jay, do you want to pick something? <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I overanalyze stuff a lot, and I just want to say that I'm kind of stoked to even like be able to have you on a podcast. When I think about it, because you know, when you say that you know you you know wrote and 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 was involved in the first song that that went viral, like even before people really thought about that. Like when I, when I think about, you know, the avenue that artists really go about to, to try to promote themselves and make their money and whatnot, you, you're, you're definitely a trailblazer for sure. And that's really cool to me for sure. 
man, I, I really appreciate that, man. And and just to touch on that, you know, we, I feel like we were definitely ahead of our time with that, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, again, there was no way to even count streams or anything of that nature. But um, just to give you a little history on it, um, myself and producer at the time, DJ Bricks, we we collectively he did the track i came up with the concept and the and the chorus and it was like oh my god this we have to put this out right now because at that yeah. time myspace was just it was crazy it was just the biggest yeah. thing at the time you know i remember I mean? that <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys remember you, oh, yeah. you, you could um you could have a default like song that played on your yeah. page so as soon as we put it up on our page Literally, I'm talking about less than 24 hours. The next morning, we could go to random people's pages and they would have MySpace Freak as their default song. And wow. we're like, the, <laughs> we're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what the hell? Like, like people we don't even know. We just clicking yeah. on it. It's like, oh shit, what is this? Like, it's that's before you eat the word viral was, you know what I mean? Like, was the thing, yeah. And, Soldier Boy on YouTube popping. Was this pre or post that? That was pre. That was before that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's before. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that was before that. That um, the Euro and all that shit, the crank that that came after us. He was actually he actually was opening for us when we got on tour and what happened. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. The way the universe works, man. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Because for you guys to kind of trail, like create the trail for him, and then for him to capitalize on the same method later on on a different platform, obviously Crank that had popped on YouTube instead of MySpace. Mm-hmm. It's pretty Correct. incredible that two legends were next to each other at the same time. Like, like find out that Buster Rhymes, Jay Z, and uh, Big went to the same high school. It's like those kind of stories. You know? Exactly. Right, we're literally well, talking to the originator of the lane that. You know, everybody's in right now. <laughs> everybody's in. That created this whole, you know, way of promoting and and selling music. You know, um, mm. to say that I was a part of, you know, that particular um, door opener. You know, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. You know. Yes, that's Super really cool. incredible. So, mm-hmm. how would you? You said it's entirely. It was entirely natural, and it kind of it literally happened overnight. Do you, uh, what do you think made it pop like that? Do you think the fact that MySpace was at its peak and the fact that the theme of the song was a MySpace freak and obviously sex sells and stuff like that, like, do you think that's what had to do with it? So I, I'll just tell you what, what I had in my mind when I, when I made the record, which was mm-hmm. to capitalize off of this craze. Like, that's, that's exactly what was in my mind. It was, it was nothing, nothing more, nothing less, was to capitalize off of this craze. And, yeah. and, Cause I felt like I felt like if I was to do that, it would self promote itself. You see what I'm saying? No. And and ultimately, that's He's exactly right. what it. That's exactly what it did. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it did. Even faster than than I would even personally had anticipated. But yeah, that's exactly what I had in my mind when when creating the song. 
it's funny because those same mo those same kind of things work today still because you hear parody songs of like you know it's always worked for a long time parody songs have always worked on stuff that's popular at the time but even yeah. if it comes down to something like beyonce's most recent probably viral moment of might start an only fans capitalizing off of the fame of only fans fans it's really transitioned from the whole song being about something to you having like a clip that someone can clip put together and post online so it's Correct. it's kind of the same thing is still kind of happening and i think it's incredible to see how it's involved indeed indeed man i agree it's funny because like you know just thinking about it now even you i know you okay we're all on Twitter, right? So right. I, I said right, obviously. <laughs> the but whole like, world's on Twitter. <laughs> the whole world, but like it, it almost even reminds me of a little bit, like you know how like you'll you'll see somebody like post a joke or or something funny, and then right after like they'll plug in their songs, like like mm -hmm. it, it kind of reminds me of that, like you know, it's like that's like a distilled version of of the method that you know King Darius definitely. Help establish, Def yeah. Definitely established, yeah. Word, word. That's insane. So when you, when you go in looking to capitalize, how did you go, how did you determine how you were going to go about doing it? So you said you wanted to capitalize on this craze. How how were you going to turn that into a song? Right, so <clears throat> basically, again, going back to the, to the time, me personally, I was just like, okay, we got to capitalize off of this. Um, and I got with my producer and group member at the time, DJ Bricks, and we started going through production because the next the next part of it was, okay, this has to be the right type of track. It can't be too much going on in it. It can't be too, too hard. Like, I knew in my head this was a novelty type of joint, so it had to be something more simple on the production side. So Easier to listen to. Right, so he was going through beats, and we was listening to him, and then finally, it just, it, he clicked on one, and it was just like, I, it was probably like the third or fourth joint, and um, it had the high-pitched little bells, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's it right there. He's like, he's like, he starts laughing, he's like, bro, for real, I'm like, bro, fuck everything else, it's, that's it right there. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna stick in people's heads. It's just, it's that simple yet catchy enough to stick in somebody's head. And at that point, it's like, yo, I'm, I need to be just as simple when it comes to writing the, the record. You know what I'm saying? And and that's how we did it. You know, we took the whole concept of you meet chicks on there. We was meeting chicks on there at the time. You know, obviously you had your friends and your top eight and all that, but you know, you know, it's, it's no different, you know what I'm saying, like, than it is right now. You know, you you're trying to get at, the, get at the nice little piece real quick, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> my space freak. Now, I will say that when we got with the um, independent label that we got signed to first before Universal, mm -hmm. um, guy yeah, was real, was like... Under Universal, by chance? Or was it completely... So, no, they weren't under it. The, okay. They weren't under them. They ended up doing a, a joint venture. They, did, yeah. they ended up doing a joint venture. Um, but the guy that was running it, he was part owner of General Motors. And so oh, yeah, it was a lot of money involved. You know what I mean? Like, wow, wow, wow. Right, right. My mind but, is blown right now. Okay. Yeah. But he was a real big churchy, you know what I'm saying? Look, look, and, and again, 
that's not to knock anybody that what they do on a religious aspect, but he was real big on keeping things clean and this, that, and the other. So he got it. He understood it because his daughter took a liking to the record. You know what I'm saying? That's what actually made him do the deal. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So like, but, but but can we can we make it mean something else? And then we're like, I'm like, me? I was I was like, dude, what are you talking about, man? Don't try to don't try to water this shit down. We don't we don't we don't probably a right little, Yeah, you were probably a little more uh, rugged back then. Right, right. Most <laughs> definitely. Most definitely. That's an understatement. <laughs> so so we um we ended up kind of changing the meaning as far as freak is concerned and, and we made it about like you know being a a freak for MySpace, like a MySpace craze, like crazy yeah. for MySpace type <laughs> thing. But those who know what that record was about in the, in its original form knows exactly what we was talking about. Because there's two versions. There's the original <laughs> version that has a lot of cussing in it. <laughs> and then there's the Christian version. <laughs> and then there was, yeah, there was there was the the oh, 1720 oh. version. <laughs> that, was, that was the label we was on. Yeah that made us uh clean it up and what have you so that's funny so how often do you do when how often does that happen when you approach a label with a song whether you're writing for someone else or yourself and they're just like yeah no we're not putting this out you have to change this is that a common thing um i guess it just depends on who you are you know i was me personally i wasn't with that i was i was like i was highly upset at the time Cause I'm like, dude, don't don't water this down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're in the urban market, we're in the urban rap world, and sometimes it it gets a little racy. It gets a little. We push the envelope. That's what hip hop hey. is about. It is you know what, what it is, right? right? It is what it is. <laughs> and I think his his vision ultimately is what kind of ended up killing the group, so to speak, mm. amongst a whole bunch of other things too. But it's just like you, you gotta let the artist beat him, especially if you come into us because of what we already did. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. why come in and try to switch it up? So I mean, I think it happened I think that type of thing happened a lot more um in that particular era of time and and before. Talking about nineties leading up to the two thousands or what have you had a lot of labels trying to control the creative aspect of the artist yeah. whereas now none no nah, hell no nah. ain't nobody going for that shit yeah everybody's fighting to get uh fighting back especially since now the kids know that they know better because social they have that social media to back up their opinion so all they want to do is that if um if the label doesn't like a song they post a snippet online and it gets mad retweets and, and everybody's loving it it's a big f you to the label i'm putting it out what are you going to tell me now so exactly Exactly, because at the end of the day, it's all about the numbers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it's all about. Numbers transfer in the dollars, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if, if the product in its original form is, is producing those numbers, can't nobody say nothing. Right. So I wanted to talk to, so how I wanted to know how hard is it to keep a group together? Because you said you guys went through some turmoil and what, and that's the reason why you guys ultimately ended up splitting what are some of the common issues that you might run into in running a group and how hard is it to maintain that kind of connection that you guys come in, you're fully dedicated and then somehow along the way you end up not feeling it anymore to the point that you're argumentative and can't even work together. Right. Um, like me personally, 
you know, I never really got in my feelings when it came to certain things because at the end of the day, I was just all about, you know, trying to get to the next level. I kind of had a vision of where I wanted to end up anyway. And yeah. I knew that, you know, me being the a creator and a, and a writer, you know, I knew my personal value. Um, but again, when you're dealing with individuals that were already kind of, you know, in tune with one another and I got inserted because that is what happened. I got inserted. I moved uh. to, um, yeah, I came to Atlanta and these guys were already rocking with one another and, yeah. and met me, met me and, and saw my, my value and what have you. And so I was inserted. So yeah. <clears throat> with that being said, I already had a vision and I knew where I wanted to go. It's just, you know, it got to the point where it wasn't even personalities for, uh, as much as it was the business. You know, yeah. I felt like, well, I knew that, you know, the guy, one of the guys that, quote unquote, started the group and kind of took the leadership role, um, he was just a, a, a real, like, shady, you know, crooked type of individual that mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that off the rip, but as, as we started going through the process of becoming, you know, more recognizable and famous and the song getting more popping and what have you. And I'm starting to change. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to get things. I'm like, hold on, like what? Why hold on, why his envelope a little fatter than mine? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I'm when I'm writing all of this stuff, you know, and yeah. again, I was aware of publishing and, and residuals and all of that. And I used to bring those things up, but I was I was shut down because again, I was outnumbered, you know, because not only was he the quote unquote founder of the group and 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 quote unquote uh leader, you know, he also, you know, placed his mother as lawyer of the group. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Oh, Which is a big man. conflict. It's conflict, but it's a chess move too. It is. Yeah, yeah, on his end, yeah, exactly. On his end, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just so you're not touching the man. He said, I'm going to go tell my mama. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. And then when I would when I would bring up these concerns, you know, she would follow up with, oh, no, no, that, that it don't work like that. It goes like this, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, yeah. I know this motherfucker didn't. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like. You can only do so much when you're outnumbered. Now, at the end of the day, I I would have did a lot more, um, with the level of confidence and and know how that I do have now. If I had that same way back then, you know, no. I'm not gonna say that I didn't, I wasn't, um, understanding of publishing and what have you, because I was. I read the book All You Need to Know About the Music Industry by Donald S. Passman. That's like that's like the music bible. You know what I'm saying? And I read that from front to back before I even got with these guys. So I knew what was going on. Could you repeat on. the name, name of that book real quick? Um, All You Need to Know About the Music Industry Peace by yeah. Donald Peace. S. Passman. And would you say all that content is still relevant today that's in that book? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Most definitely. Most definitely. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there might be a revised version to include, you know, digital things from the digital aspect but for the most part like that that book is that is the bible of the industry like hands down 
You know what I'm saying? Me buying it from Amazon right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Send me the link. Hi, kid. Thank you, Say less. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask for in the, a lot of our audience are like independent artists and things like that. So, if an indep- independent artist feels as though they're being cheated and feels like they might be, you know, be taking a cut, what are some key identifiers for them to look for? To oh, kind beautiful. Of we we need this. Yeah. To, so, whether or not someone's cheating them. So I would say first analyze what your um, value is to the group, your contribution. And if it's a lot, if you feel like you're writing basically everything that's that they're putting out, you know, you're coming up with the concepts, you're writing the choruses, you're also doing the verse. You know, their 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 writing is is little to none. Um. Also, if you produce, if you if you're providing beats as well, production, you know, and their pockets are fatter than yours, or or they seem to have a little bit more than what you have, you yeah. know, that's that's a huge red flag, and that's why you have to, you know, be registered with ASCAP. You have to be have a PMI and what have you, and then when these percentages go in, you can see them up front, you know, and then if you're only getting 10 to 12 percent of a song that you wrote the hook came up with the concept also have a verse on and helping them with theirs it's like hold on here you know um well, let's reevaluate these percentages before we put them in because i am contributing a lot to what's going on you know i yeah. think that's important i think that's important for an artist to definitely pay attention to because you know in my situation i was told Hey man, we're a group, you know, regardless of what's going on and on the creation end, we're a group. So it only makes sense to just, you know, slice everything down the middle and all this other stuff. And it's like, nah, I don't know if that makes if that only makes sense. It may make sense to you. And then when you go ahead and put it in, you write you putting it in as if you're writing all of this shit. So it's like you don't you don't wanna regardless of how how good of a friendship you all may have, you know. Do the split sheets, you, you know, get the split sheets. And, and if you know that you wrote more of this record, then the, the percentages should reflect that. And, you know, you can take a back seat on the next one and, you know, let them see that, hey, um, when you took the lead on the song, the shit didn't move. So we got to keep going this way, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. we're we going to go this way, which is my route, you know, it, the percentages are going to be the way that they need to be. They need to reflect the, the work. Thanks to the so the transparency on that end is definitely a must. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is get paid for what you're doing, no matter what kind of friendship it is. Don't sacrifice your pay just because you have a good relationship with someone, a seemingly good relationship, and um, full transparency. Am I right? Correct, correct, exactly. Now, again, if, you, if you're, you know, cool with splitting it down the middle because you're a group or whatever, then that's on you. But, again... Things can always unravel going forward, and you want to protect yourself because this is a business, and you want to you want to you want to set yourself up, you and your family, to be well off. You know what I'm saying? This is not just a hobby for me. You know, yes. I, I, I think for most people that do this, it's not just a hobby. We got into it because we can make money off of doing what we love. But yeah. when you don't, when you start shortchanging yourself while you're doing what you love. You know, it just defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. 
that's extremely well said, and I, I greatly appreciate the insight. Um, now, I want to get into your current music and what you were trying, what you were describing with your most recent uh, project that's about to come out. Um, but first, do you want to talk about the Keisha Cole situation? Because I know that was a milestone in your career as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So <clears throat> with that record, well, first off, with the MySpace Freak, we, it was a single deal. It started off as a single deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only ended up going into more records because I came up with the boyfriend-girlfriend song. Um, and we actually were on the road with our road manager. And we're on the verge of, the, like, the, the single MySpace Freak was, was fading and what have you. You know, um, the labels wasn't talking about going forward with nothing else. You know what I mean? They, I, I felt like, personally, they hit their lick, and they was ready to go move move forward. And so we were in a situation where it's like, damn, bro, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We was doing our last couple shows um, with the MySpace Freak joint. And... Mm-hmm. I always used to, personally, I used to always get in the lab on my own. I would get in the studio by myself, you know, with me and one of my other producers. And I ended up creating the song Boyfriend, Girlfriend. I was actually singing the chorus um, originally. And so while we're on the road and while I'm listening to these guys, like, you know, whimper about having to go back home once this shit is over with, I popped the shit in. I popped the joint in. So they had given literally. up. Right, literally. My, our road manager at the time was like, oh, what is this? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the shit I've been working on. Mm-hmm. He said, man, I don't know what y'all, I don't know what y'all uh, uh, worried about. He said, this is it. This is the next song. He said, they will, get, they will fuck with this. Yeah. And I'm already knowing that, you know what I'm saying? That the guys just never heard the song. I had just I had just left the studio with it, you know what I mean? And um yeah. you had you had all the leverage in that situation, yeah. Right, right. So they're like, damn, for real, for real. It's like, oh my god, yeah. So, you know, we ended up presenting it to the label and that and it just breathed in a whole nother year and a half, two years of life into the whole situation that was supposed to be done already, to be honest with you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And ultimately, um, we had got a singer on the record. Her name was Flair Jones, and she sung it phenomenally. I mean, exactly the way I envisioned it. Um, the record got on the radio with her on it originally, right? And wow. was spinning for at least like, what, four to six months. Universal came in and was like, oh shit, this shit is, this shit is crazy. And they're like, yo, what do we think about putting Keisha Cole on it? And to make it to make a bigger impact, so ultimately that is what happened, and we ended up shooting the video, and it charted. It charted on Billboard, you know, top forty. Wow. Um, and the interesting thing about that, like I said, there was another female named Flair Jones on the record first, so we literally got to live an entire year off that one song because once Keisha Cole got on it. All those stations started playing it yet again. You know what I'm saying? As exactly. if it was a brand new record, even though they had been playing it six months before. So it was like <laughs> it was crazy how that worked out. Well, and was that you know being being a writer and having written up quite a few hits? 
was that a common occurrence that would happen where there would be someone else on the original track and then someone brings in a superstar and that happens or is this a unique situation it's a, it's unique in the sense of um well to, to your point yes a lot of people do reference songs before they're presented to um someone major or more established yeah, but they're not always publicly released. That's the situation. Right, that's what I'm about to say. That's what I, that's what I was about to say. What made this, you know, um, an isolated type of situation was the fact that it got released with the quote unquote reference on there. But she killed it. Like she killed it so great. Like and and the radio radio picked it up because it sounded it sounded so good. Um, so no, it doesn't it doesn't happen like that always. It really doesn't. I don't know too many other situations where it would happen like that, um, but it ultimately did, you know. But shout out to shout out to Flair Jones because she did, you know, lead lead the lead the pack on that. She led the way with that, and she allowed her voice allowed us to get on the radio for half a year before Keisha Cole was even um, thought of to get on it. Matter of fact, what <laughs> this is the funny thing when when they pitched it to Keisha to get on, she was taking her sweet time as far as you know, making a decision on getting on it or not. Even with the money being involved, she was just like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever. We know she how that like, is. We know. <laughs> we do. Right? We approach um, people that are even slightly bigger. They love to just act like they got all the time in the world and like they like we're nothing, but, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right, exactly. No, but that's real, though. That's real. And, and it just goes to show how, how certain people can get when they get a certain level of success. But... So she was um in New York for whatever promo she had going on. She's she's in the limousine, they leaving, whatever. She's like, Oh, um, let's listen to the local radio station. I wanna hear what they playing out here. <clears throat> Our record comes on, the version with obviously with, with the original singer. Mm-hmm. She felt some kind of way like, Oh, oh hell no. Nah. And that's what made her get directly into stu- in the into the studio. And put her vocals on the song. That's funny. That competitive head. <laughs> There's a life lesson to be taught to out there, to be honest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. So it's incredible how you guys were able to eat for years at a time just off of a few hit records. Like that's incredible. Like every every time that timeline would kind of end, you would end up breathing life with a new record. That's like a, an incredible thing to hear. That's fire. Mm-hmm. And that's something you, you hear a lot of artists struggle with. So obviously you're you're a talented writer and you're all like, we already knew that because we didn't listen to like your music beforehand. But mm-hmm. a lot of people take for granted how that's, a, that's how, what I was about to say for sure. Cause it's like go Yeah, go ahead and take it. Like people no, take Yeah, I was just gonna say, like hitting, you know, hitting that sort of sweet spot and making that a hit, like getting that spark is it's tricky enough the first time. That's why you got so many, you know, one-hit wonders. No no disrespect to them in that sense, but you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, you know, it's not easy to stay on top like that. And then, you know, <laughs> it, that's kind of funny because the way, the way, you know, the way you explained it, you just casually made the song that was just you, right. and boom, look at that. Right. Yeah. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So... You know, that that whole experience kind of set me up for what I'm doing now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think I'll be as seasoned of an artist or as, you know, intellectual of an artist when it comes to 
not only writing, but just the business itself, if I didn't go through that, you know what I'm saying? Even bumping my head with the situation, you know what I'm saying? It just, mm-hmm. it all taught me how to conduct myself as an artist going forward, you know, which is why I never, you know, hung it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, because as, as great of um, opportunity that was and, and, and as great of situations we were in as far as, you know, being on tour and, you know, performing in front of hundreds of thousands and, you know, I mean, it was it was like we talked about Soldier Boy and 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 me writing for Lil Wayne. We actually had a a a show date that had us on it, Soldier Boy and Lil Wayne. And I'm just I'm <laughs> sitting there like, wow, this, like really, this is what's going on for real. Like, so just to embody that and have that experience, it really, you know, I looked at it like um, going to college before you get to the pros. Even though we was in the pros, it was like you know, it was a uh, it set me up to really be a leader of my team as opposed to just being a part of one. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. Is there anything else you wanted to ask about that, Jay, before I move on to kind of how um, the new album is encapsulating current events? No, we, we can move on to that. I think, you know, we, we said a lot, like, yeah. This man's talent speaks for itself, and, and yeah, was... through, through these other stories, once again, I'm stoked that he's on this podcast. This shit cool. <laughs> hey guys, it's me again. So this is actually part one of a two-parter. So tune back in next week to discuss politics and Ice Cube and whether or not he was right or wrong and all that great stuff from a couple independent artists sharing their opinion. Once again, thank you guys for enjoying the show and. Have a great time wherever you are.